Welcome back to Between the Pages 2024. It's good to be back. How, how's a year of feeling for you, Maggie? Um, I mean, in the grander scheme of the world, rough. But um, for me personally, it's feeling fine. How about you? It, it, I know it's supposed to feel like a brand new page, you know, like slate clean. And in a lot of ways it does feel that way. Like, you know, you, you really set that mindset of like, you know what, I really have a fresh start this year, new expectations, new, new things to consider and goals. So in that sense, yes, but I do feel like there's a lot, like there's like this, um, sense that I'm, I feel like I feel, and then it seems like a lot of people have felt too, that they, we expect something to happen in 2024. Yeah. Like there's like this way and it's it, like most people think it's going to be a negative. Some people think it's going to be a positive, but there's like this way. And I it might contribute to the fact that this is an election year. We don't talk about those things here, but I do think that plays a role. Um, And so usually like these years are really like, you know, it, it sets the tone for the next four years, at least for the U.S., um, so I do feel like there's probably a lot riding on this year in the sense of like, what are, what can, what can be type of thing. Yeah. Um, but overall I'm excited for this new year. There's like a, a lot of exciting stuff for me personally. And, um, there's a lot of exciting stuff for our podcast too, that Maggie and I had talked about and things that we have like set out goals for the, our podcast as well in this new year. Cause this will be really like the first full year for BTB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting for me. Um, wait, are you like a very, I've never been this type of person. Like new year to me is like kind of like whatever time is time and what is time. But um, are you somebody that like sets resolutions? Are you like do dry January? No, I don't do any of those things. <laughs> Just because I don't, <laughs> don't want to set myself up for failure. Like there's a lot of pressure already in life. And I'm like, let me not add a, a, a chosen thing to it. But, and I don't do resolutions. I think what years before I did resolutions, like I was really heavy on it. What mm-hmm. I really am more into is manifesting. So I set out things that I really want for myself and I manifest them in the sense of like, I act upon on those things yeah I'm not like the universe let me man my manifestation is very different from most like I'm not like manifesting where it says like the universe is gonna give me this I manifest and I'm like I'm gonna make these steps yeah to make it for myself but I don't put like I don't do a long list I mean I think that like the root of manifestation is it's actually just having like a mindset change and when you have a mindset change you are going to be more open to things you want to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, but I think sometimes like I always see stuff on social media where people are like this sound and I'm like, this sound is giving me chain mail emails. Yeah. <laughs> They're like for this to 50 people. Are you going to die? Oh my God. I hate those. Yes. Um, Although I do like getting the texts that are funny with emojis. I haven't gotten those in ages. I haven't either. My friend Josh used to send them all the time and they were hilarious, but he does. I don't think he does it anymore. Or maybe I'm not. Maybe you've been cut. I know. Maybe I've been cut. Um, But what's going on? What is what is January looking for you? Like, what is is there anything you're excited about this month? 
I honestly don't have that many plans in like so I can't say that there's like anything a standout. Yeah, that stand out. Um for this month. I honestly am just hopeful to get through the month quickly because it's already cold as tits in DC. It's so cold. I could only imagine. It rained all day yesterday and now it's really cold. Um and January is the longest month of the year, so just trying to keep things moving along. I cl- deep cleaned my apartment. I rearranged all my furniture. Um, Because if you listen to one of our earlier episodes, you might have heard how I had a little friend visit at the <laughs> window. But I'm staying in this apartment, so I'm just trying to make everything as lovely and amazing as possible. Well, that's exciting. I always love doing a deep clean. We were talking about this earlier. Like, as soon as this was, uh, this is officially like, um, well, when we release this, this is the second week of, of January. Yeah. Um, so the first week is like really much of the days that you want to like deep clean, make sure everything's in order. So you feel like you can go and put your attention on other things like work per se. So we were talking about how much we deep cleaned, but it's so satisfying at the end. Cause you feel like some, you, you got something off your list. Yes. And that feels so good. I agree. If you're like, they always say if you're feeling like anxious or um stressed you should like take a shower to reset or like go for a walk but I also would say if you pick like one thing to clean amazing you can because you focus on it get it done it feels so much better that was me I I think I told Maggie this like this happened to you too we were like we had the work scaries like back winter break back into work scaries and so we put it into cleaning which I love because it's like a productive thing that you have to do anyways yeah so I, I kid you not, I landed from Miami and I went, I, I came home and I did not sit. I deep cleaned my entire house. I ended up sitting till I think I talked to you like till like five or 6 PM. Yeah. And I had, I had landed here at 1130. So I was, you said, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. No. Yeah. I just was finding every reason to not check my work email. That's yeah. the truth. Like that was the truth. Like I was like, I should probably sit down and prep for tomorrow. But then I was like, why tomorrow is coming regardless. And tomorrow's a work day. Yeah. So today I'll worry about things I can work, worry about right now, because everything I would have seen today or on that day, I would have not been able to get to or do anything about till the next day. Yeah. So I was like, why would I do this to myself? Yeah. Also, also, I don't know about you, but most of my work emails and like 80% of them are like account managers reaching out to me, trying to sell me a product or yes. um, it's like, they're never, they're never, <laughs> they're never important emails. It's like even 20% is maybe like too much, but it's like, I don't want to see a hundred emails waiting in my inbox or yeah. I don't want that in my personal email either. It's stressful. Okay. Well, I think we have a lot of things exciting. Well, when it comes to podcast wise, we've already released the two books that we're covering this month, starting with this one. It's a winner in New York and the next one will be powerless. Um, oh my God. Let's talk about this really quickly. Yeah. So we, um, we're being very, one, one of our manifestation, or I guess like, um, resolutions for the BTP podcast is just to be really much more proactive on social media this year. Now that we've gotten like, you know, our, we got our training rules off. We have a better sense of things. Melissa so is like, way better than me. Let's keep it a hundred. Oh my God. Stop. I hate social media posts. I'm but like, we're, so we're awkward. getting our groove. We're, yeah, we're, we're definitely have. Yeah. So that's one of our goals. So then 
you know, I was like, let me start off the year right. So I'm like, okay, we're changing things up a little bit for for those that are listening. We're going to aim to announce the books at least the week before the following month so that everyone knows, okay, this is the reading list for this month. This is what we're covering instead of just like dropping the episodes or announcing it like the week of or the week before. So we're trying to be a little more proactive on this, mainly because we main, we most, most of the time we know what we're reading yeah. in the next month. Um, we might change up the order, but those books are the ones we're covering in that month. So I was like, let me post the two books for January. And so I made our post and we put it on social media and um, we're being more proactive, like reaching out to the authors and making sure that, you know, they can see our podcast or that we're reviewing it. And little did we know, we went and posted it. And then as we're like, I, I'm like, wow, you know, like we're, we're getting our likes on our, on our story. And I see this, I see, I had tagged, um, I tagged Josie Silver and then Lauren Roberts. And I see a like for, on our phone, on my phone. And it was Lauren Roberts who liked our post. I was gagged. Yeah. I, li- really cool. I texted Maggie immediately. I was like, we made it. At least we made it in Lauren Ro- Roberts' eyes. We're like, we made it. We made yeah. it. And we were not okay. So that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I think. Yeah. And she is one of the people because she did start off on TikTok. Like she got a lot of her fanfare coming out of TikTok. So I feel like, of course, she would support a small business like ours. Of course, she would look out for the little girl and her book club. So it was really cute. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I definitely screenshotted it. Gotta save that. Gotta save that. (laughs) She knew us when. She knew us when, yeah. Lauren, if you're listening, we cannot wait to read Powerless. I'm actually going to start it tonight, I think. I'm actually very excited to read that one. I've had it downloaded for weeks. Because when when we first talked about this, it was like, I don't know. It might have been beginning of December. Yeah. (laughs) It was a while ago. And because the second book is coming out in the summer. But we'll get to that during the Powerless episode. Because today we are here to talk about our winter read, Winter in New York by Miss Josie Silver. Miss Josie, as we fondly refer to her. Miss um, Josie. Miss <laughs> Josie. Uh, we wanted to read a winter themed book that was not strictly Christmas so that we could read it in January. Um, And even though there is like in the timeline of the book, christmas and thanksgiving do occur it is not by any means like a christmas book wouldn't you agree no yeah i think that's why we purposely picked it. also we were trying to do like a non-dominate like like not necessarily not that we're against it but we were just like there's so many holidays that happen in the latter yeah. part of the year that we're like oh let's not like fall or like not account for one or yeah you know so yeah. I like a good, like, a around-the-holiday book. Okay. So, Winter in New York. Um, A little synopsis is... A young chef stumbles on a secret family recipe that might lead her to the love and life she's been looking for in this stunning novel from the New York Times best-selling author of One Day in December, Miss Josie. I added that part myself. 
When Iris decides to move to New York to restart her life, she realizes she underestimated how big the Big Apple really is. All the nostalgic movies set in New York she'd watched with her mom while eating their special secret recipe gelato didn't quite do it justice. But Bobby, Iris's best friend, isn't about to let her hide away. He drags her to a famous Autumn Street Fair in Little Italy, and as they walk through the food stalls, a little family-run gelateria catches her eye. Could it be the same shop that's in an old photo of her mother's? Curious. Iris returns the next day and meets the handsome Gio, who tells her that the shop is in danger of closing. His uncle, sole keeper of their family's gelato recipe, is recovering from a stroke and can no longer remember it, so they can't make more. When Iris samples the last remaining batch, she realizes that their gelato and her gelato are one and the same. But how can she tell them she knows their secret recipe when she's not sure why Gio's uncle gave it to her mother in the first place? Iris offers her services as a chef to help them recreate the flavor and finds herself falling for Gio and his family. But when Gio's uncle finally wakes up, all of the secrets Iris has been keeping threaten to ruin the new life and new love she's been building all winter long. It's about rebirth. I forgot about that. So it's perfect for January. It, it was a really good pick. Um. Okay, so what were your like takes on the book overall before we like get into anything specific. So of course for me, it's a little tough because my first Josie Silver book, like most people is one day in December. So it's really hard to not compare writing styles or, you know, like it's just natural to compare like one book of an author to the, to the next, even, even though they're not at all similar, which I like, like I love a dynamic queen who can give me a different type of story, but still leave her signature, which is something she does really well. Her in signature her misconnections. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> she loves a misconnection. Yeah. So um overall, I, I really like the book. Um, obviously she has a great writing style. This is one thing about Miss Josie Silver that I think is like I I think I said this for one day in December. She writes a screenplay. When oh, she writes sure. her books, she writes a screenplay like this. Miss Josie Silver needs to get hired by Sunshine Productions or by a production company because she writes a screenplay. So when you're reading the book, there is no confusion. You can see the the environment, the characters, and it's not even like she is not over descriptive, mm-hmm. like to a point that you're like exhausted and like gagged by like, OK, we, how many shades of yellow can you describe this thing in? Which is really great. So overall, I thought the the, the book was great, r- well written, and also I I really enjoyed the story. Um, I don't know what else I want to say yet w- without getting into. It's like a really good cozy read. I thought it was an easy read. Yeah. Um, I also thought, and like to your point about you're like, oh, she should write a screenplay. Um, I feel like. I always see videos on TikTok of people being like, they don't make romantic comedies like they used to. Uh, agreed. But I feel like when I read her books, I think they are like romantic comedies that were around. Maybe not as much with One Day in December because it was like some, it was like sadder. Yeah. Um, but I felt like with this one that I was like, I feel like this is the like romantic comedy that people want to see on the screen because it was like very cozy um it's an easy watch like easy read easy watch exactly um kate hudson said that recently too she said like you know they asked her like why don't you do more rom-coms and she was like the truth is is that female actors want to do rom-coms the male actors don't 
she's like it's so hard to cast a guy in a rom-com nowadays because that's not what they're like that's not what they want to be pigeonholed or categorized like it was in the early 2000s like landing a rom-com for actors was like it's that was giving like, I hate women. It's because, giving I hate women. Because the woman is the lead and it's about her. Which is crazy because like the way that women put money into Hollywood. Yeah. Like I know. we are we're the audience. Ho- we are the audience. the audience. So but anyways. Let's get into like the deets. Okay. So what was the like most shocking part of the plot for you? I think that it's a dead giveaway. Um, <laughs> her husband's not dead. Like, for oh, for yeah. me, it was like, why would she lie about that at the beginning? I think that was one. And then the second one was when we were re- like, they revealed that Gio's uncle. That one was was shocking that I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> um, that But then the second one for me, or like probably the most poignant one was like, Gio and her mom, Gio's uncle Santo and her mom having this love kind of like this like two day it was like a two day fl- like fling essentially or like I like to say about that romance I was just like what are the chant like that was just so shocking to me that I- it was like oh okay yeah I think that I also was like I mean, I just would never, ever say that, like, to a random person. Why would you say? Over a book? Yeah. Uh, I think she was obviously in a moment of duress, but, like, I don't know. Um, Also, like, he was definitely hot then still. I don't know. I wouldn't have been, like. Um, That's not my go-to. Is no, I saying. also think I would have been, like, <laughs> nervous. I would have been, like, oh, my God, I just looked, like, so nervous. <laughs> like, I would have been nervous. I would not have said that. I I will say I understood the point about how. Because Iris's ex had been like an ab- had been abusive, um, I could understand why. I don't think I'm not saying I think this is like the right way to handle that, but I could understand why in her mind it could have been a knee jerk reaction because she didn't want to have any ties to that person. I I don't think that it's right, but like I I was trying to be like I can understand, I guess, but yeah, I I do think she. I, I was confused as why, like, in the beginning, she should have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. Like, that was so out of line for me to say that in the moment. Like, I had just ended a terrible relationship. And, like, I don't know. I, she was already helping him. Like, I, I feel like they could have brushed that aspect of it under the rug sooner. Yeah, I agree. Because then when he specifically was like, I know your husband also died. I was like, also, hey, ma'am, ma'am, you were not married to that guy. No, thank that's God. Not, that's not, thank God. That's but... that's the other part that I was like, okay. <laughs> she went to something so, like my husband died, type yeah. of thing instead of to get like a book. Yeah, yeah, to get a book, which I was like, there's girl, a what? Th- there's a lot of bookstores in New York. I'm like, that, that was bookstores everywhere. Part. I was like, girl, and also, if this is set in like present day, where's your Kindle, girling? Facts. Where's your Kindle? Yeah, yeah. Agreed, especially because we were already I don't really like this in books. This is like a personal preference. I don't fault people for writing this way. I don't like it when in a book somebody's like, I called a lift, I called an Uber. <laughs> I don't oh know my why God. it takes me out of it. I'm like Maggie, you're so you right. You I'm like, what? 
I'm like, what do you you mean? You got a cat? She switched it, though. Like, I think, like, maybe halfway through, (laughs) she started saying specifically cabs. I don't know what it is. It's, like, it's no hate, obviously. It's It's too real world. all with peace and love. No, no, no. I want to see the brand name. I don't want to see the brand name. It feels like it's an ad. No, no, you're right. And it also blurs the line of why I'm reading this. I don't like the blurring of the lines of me reading because when I read, I'm I'm submersed into the story. Yeah. And then you say Whole Foods. I'm like, what? Tr- like you no, say, say the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, you say the grocery, the Corner local store. market. Yeah. I don't want it to be too specific. I need to be able to vision, envision it in my mind. I need it. And I, I don't, don't want to, to feel like it's an ad. It has to be like a Starry Hollows. Yeah. Everything you know, like Luke's Hollow. Diner. Yeah. It was specific to Stars Hollow. Mom and pops. Um. Also, to Santo, your point about Santo, excuse moi. Palo Santo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. They didn't have sex, right? No, that's not what I got. And also, okay, like... I didn't either, but I felt like he was being very dramatic and I thought he was being honestly like mean to Iris. He wasn't. He was being... I was like, you. He doesn't seem like you care about Gio that much. You're telling her to ghost this man after months? No, like, I was like, what is wrong with this man? Also, like, red flags, Maria. What is this reaction? Like, I didn't like that. I, I would hope that after having that little thing with with um Viv, that he would have yeah. treasured it for what it was at that time. Yeah. And then he moved on with Maria, and he made this beautiful life with Maria had children yeah oh my god amazing life two things can be true that could have been beautiful and then you could but he was acting no insane he said they said he had only it had only been three weeks since he started like going on a few meaning one to three dates they had only kissed like it wasn't i don't think that maria would have liked to have known that as the girl he was like dating but it wasn't like he had this big affair and like had been writing her letters for years had been like and, and if he was holding a flame he knew how to reach her also he knew how to reach her yeah his brother was in the band exactly he could have so, talked to her if he wanted yeah so, so yeah that was a little weird for me i agree like maybe that's the most shocking thing from the book was his reaction to seeing yes. her i would have thought he would have been like Oh my God, how's your mom? Like, it would have been like this nostalgic thing of like, yeah, you're her daughter. Like, wow. Like, and then her, like, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit not this like anger. Yeah. I thought Felipe's reaction was going to be Santo's reaction. Yeah. Because he was more like, you need to tell him, which, yes, you need to tell Gio, you've been lying. But also, I felt like he was more willing to eat also even to share about her mom which he spent more time with her because they were in a band together but i felt like he was a lot more like open and warm about the fact that they had this shared relationship so it's also like not a big deal like iris is 32 i think at this point 31 32 32 or 34 i thought but yeah and then geo's 39 that's three decades yeah if you're still harping on these things maria that ain't good sis <laughs> i don't think she would have been she seemed like the most mature out of the whole bunch 
that's just it was just a little bit weird i would I, maybe that i think that might be the most shocking thing yeah there's yeah. definitely shocking other things in the aspect of like what she said to g at the beginning also the the we'll get into the lying part at yeah. some point but i think that was probably because you a big part of this book is like you're just waiting to see what's going to happen to santo is he going to wake up like you that's kind of like this like light in the tunnel that yeah. you know exists that you're like are we gonna yeah. get there what's gonna be on the other side and so like yeah. as you're going through the book you know that this thing is like you, you still have to flip the page to see what happens there yeah and to see that reaction i think that was shocking because you kind of think like he's gonna wake up and he's gonna reveal iris and be like oh my god and then- i thought when he saw her he was gonna remember the because she says she looks just like her mom exactly so i thought it would like trigger the memory i thought he was gonna expose her to geo in the moment oh yeah me too and then be like call her viv Viv. or some yeah 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 i love the name vivian i think that also nickname viv is so cute (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's coquette (laughs) Vivian's a coquette girl (laughs) um I can hear, sorry guys, Maurice is being so naughty since we started recording. <laughs> I can hear him and I'm like, what are you doing? Um, anyway. <laughs> um, Shall we move on? Yeah, let's move along. Let's talk about, um, I want to start with least favorite part just because I want us to end on a high with, mo- like I, I want us to end with most favorite part between the two. So what was your least favorite part? Oh, my least favorite part. I think it. If I have to think, it might be, um, I don't know if there's a specific part in the book, maybe the way that, um, Iris might've handled situations was probably my my least favorite part. Like, I think my least favorite part was just like the lying. Like, I feel like she had so many opportunities to come clean and she just didn't. Yeah. And it like snowballed into this big thing. And I, this is my thing. And this is where it gets complicated for me in books is that this shit would only exist and happen in a book because in real life, at one point, humans cannot hold a lie like that forever. Yeah. And I feel like it would eat at you. So I, I was think thinking from- about Carrie when she cheats on Aiden in Sex in the City. Yes. And how she it like literally makes her go crazy. And then she has to like she comes she comes clean really quick, honestly. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, not only did, did Iris lie about the gelato thing, but she also lied about the dead husband thing. So it's like two very seismic points of her story to how she's conveying herself to Geo. That I'm like, where did you think this was going, sweetheart? Yeah. Like, how did you think that you're falling slowly in love with this man, helping him? And I totally understand the the premise of this book of like respecting loyalty and like family traditions and like having like not rewriting someone's legacy and letting them be the authors of it and not a side character come and be like, you know, like kind of how you see these celebrities nowadays, like yeah. everyone applauds a celebrity and someone from the side comes in and goes, actually, he fucking hated children. And then you're like, oh, why would you say like he was like this like icon, like it rewrites. So Danny I just... <laughs> <laughs> literally all right people. um but it does you know so i get the idea of like you know not being someone here to like tarnish 
this family legacy and stuff like this. But when I'm thinking, and I'm Iris, and the family guy, Ojalter, is on his deathbed. I, I would be like, hey, I think my mom knew your dad. Yeah. And I don't know the I don't know the whole premise. And I, I don't think we care at this point, but I'm pretty sure I have like, I don't know. There was I think that was just like my least of like how she handled yeah. the lies. It's probably like my least there wasn't like a specific part. Maybe how the sisters were introduced might be my I have the other one. Part. Go ahead. My specific part. I did not like the ending because I didn't like, I feel like that whole thing with her ex coming back was like dealt with so quickly and all, and like, I felt like it was coming, but also like, I was like, this book's kind of short. Like, I don't know how we're going to get that in here. And I didn't like that him coming like tainted the whole thing about how the family finally found out that, she had the recipe and that she like did all this stuff. Like I felt like I wanted the closure. I, if that was going to happen, I wanted it to be separate from the family being like, we don't care that, you know, these things like you still like, cause even though she was lying, I feel like she had such an impact on like the family dynamics. And she like made like Gio was getting along more with his like sister cousins. And I was weird. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I thought it was weird that I was like, why are you, maybe I'm a hater, but like, oh, it was calling your, your, I was like, I was like, I get it. You're saying mama and papa. I was like, I got it. You're Italian. Yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> um, but I, I felt like that whole thing got like rushed really. It, I felt like it got rushed because of her ex showing up. And then we never really got to have, because at the end of the day, even though, yes, she lied. And I don't really, I don't like a miscommunication trope. Um, which often deals with lying. It's like not my favorite um trope in rom- romantic books. But I felt like I would have liked to see the family like tell her that because she did have such an impact on like all the stuff. Like she brought them all together. She like made that made it so he like would sell the special flavors, you know, all this stuff. And I feel like it totally got tainted by the fact that Adam adam bronson was there oh my god that name also just i'm gonna i think i i don't know if you agree with this like definitely she had an impact on the family i also feel like they forgave her so easily like it was like i felt like the ending was a little bit rushed i was kind of surprised there wasn't an extra like 50 pages no and also i would have been okay if things didn't end happy ever you know what i mean like i i would have been okay if Gio was like, honestly, like, I really like you. I think I'm going to need some time because it just feels like a lot of things happened. And then they had a meet cute three months later, a year later, and they reconnected like that. Like, I think I would have liked that better. I mean, it would have been more realistic. Kind of like um the breakup, the movie. Oh, Do you yeah. remember when they break yes. up and then time passes and they see each other on the street? That for me would have been like, I think for me, more realistic in the sense of like, Okay, like definitely she had an impact. She helped these people. Like, let's, you know, they're thankful. But you, but she also lied to Gio and like was doing all this with this false pretenses while they're struggling with the hate, like the head of the family being on his death deathbed. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have blamed Gio for being a little bit more like maybe not mad, but definitely being like we should maybe slow down. 
we should slow down, see how things go. And like, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. I didn't, this is one book that I would have been okay if it wasn't like, and they walk into the sunset. You know what I mean? I also though feel like he did not ask her like any questions about herself. He asked her no questions. And I was like, Part of me, you're I was so like, I'm right. I'm gonna be mad at her that much because this man is not asking her anything about herself, and I thought that that was especially shitty because, I, and part of the reason I actually could even excuse that Iris was lying was because I was like, this girl has no family. Like, she doesn't know. Like, her mom didn't have any family. Her only family was her mom. So, I was like. I just don't I can't believe we're not asking her any questions like I, I and I can't his desperation though he you can like also though desperate. tell when people are like lonely and like I think that I don't know I just that kind of rubbed me the wrong way I was like why is she's like I'll be here tomorrow and I'll be here tomorrow yeah I was like this tomorrow. girl's coming every day uh, if I was one of her sisters I would have been like what the fuck is this I would have been like though load me up a plate of pastries make me yeah. an espresso no yeah I, I agree like there were some things that I'm like, mm, like he really did not ask her anything, so, which allowed her to pretty much kind of write it out for much longer than it probably should have. Because yeah. I feel like if he probably did was like more direct in asking her like straight up questions, she probably would have folded it and been like, I can't continue. Like, you know what I mean? Because she said yeah. those two lies like twice and then they carried out. But she, yeah. they, there was no pressing questions. Also, like. For some guy buddy that was being like, it's very important. Like my daughter, she's so young. And like, you know, da 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 da. I was like, to be honest, I would hope you were asking more questions if you were really that worried about it. Like, you don't you're not I don't know, like I but I guess that again would have made the book longer. I, I bet wonder if there was like but a page restriction. It, it probably speaks to the desperation that him and his family were in because they were kind of like, We we'll take anything. So it could also lean on the yeah, it could probably lean on the fact that he didn't ask how many questions and he found someone that was willing to help him. Yeah. With no questions asked. And sometimes like when you're in a moment of grieving or desperation, all you need is someone there to say, Let me help you where I can. Yeah, he said no he was waiting at the door. He said, I'm he was, waiting he for said the door he said, is I'm waiting for some wonder woman to show up here and he said, help make a new gelato recipe. Let me tell you. He said vanilla. Yeah, he said okay. vanilla. <laughs> I'm only vanilla in all X aspect of my life. Gio, we want to hear more about those tattoos, baby. We For had real. one question that he had a tattoo on his arm. What was it? Gio, was he wearing? It's giving uh, Phoenix. Was Gio it's wearing giving the Phoenix. horn? You know, like the horn that. Oh, oh. Uh, I, I know he was. I know he was. A shark tooth necklace. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Italian horn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know the like actual name. I can't think of it right now. But yeah, no, I I can totally picture him. Yeah, he was hot. <laughs> yeah, he was hot in my mind. What was your favorite part of the okay. book? My favorite part was that every pop culture reference was something that I love. So I took notes. <laughs> okay, I'm obsessed. Well, number this is just a fun fact. Um, Maurice was originally named Bobby at the shelter. And who the fuck would name a cat Bobby? Like these shelters have they have no right. <laughs> they have no right. <laughs> that's not a cat's name. That's a human's name. Um, but I love ice cream. Um, I love gelato. I love soft serve. I love it all. So that was a 10 out of 10 for me. 
And my other favorite thing was that they talked about Moonstruck for so long because that's one of my favorite. I love that movie. Ever. It's the hottest movie. Cher is the best. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it immediately. It's a bucket list cinema item. It's so good. And I love The Pretenders. And it was Mm. just like, I was also like, oh, my God, we all have the same haircut. I'm dead. I just felt like we were kindred spirits. And that was my favorite part. (laughs) No, you definitely like reading this. I was definitely like, okay, Josie, I see you. I see like it paints a picture of who Josie, the author is as well. Yeah. And like the things she grew up watching and uh-huh. the things that she's. I was she's, like, oh, so we have similar taste. Okay. Yeah. And like the nostalgic aspects of it. Like she really is like one of the last few rom com writers that's like a true rom com writer. Yeah. I also like that. I think my other favorite part, because I will, when we picked this, I was like, that sounds so cute. And then when I was like, gelato, like, what the hell? This is going to be so weird. But I thought that it came together really well and it was nice for them to have like an activity kind of I don't know mm-hmm. like they weren't the whole thing wasn't just like flirting steamy blah, blah, blah. like they yeah, were yeah, also yeah. like they had like a common goal and I liked that what was yours my favorite I really loved her her neighbor he was probably like Bobby. my favorite was my favorite um character because you always need that person like that's tends to be like the comedic relief of any movie or book is that person and he was like he gave her really good advice like he you know he and he was straight honest with her like for me it wasn't a part but i i loved his character and how he kept it honest and was always looking out for her and like if you think about it if anyone's lived in new york you know like new york is a big scary place when you land there and she moved to new york in this time of desolation her mother had just died she had just gotten out of this like horrible relationship so she really needed like a guiding light and someone she can trust and like bobby was that person for her like like he definitely gave her that and like accompanied her became like her chosen family so for me it was that and then I agree, like, I think the gelato thing, and I, this is, I think, the other part that I love, that it wasn't, like, a gelateria of many flavors. Like, yeah. everyone was pushing for, like, different flavors and stuff. But, like, I really love, and this is maybe because just a thing of me, like, I love when people are good at one thing and they're good at that one thing. Yeah. I Like, I don't, I am not of, you know, if you're, if you have skills of different trades, amazing. But I really love like the trope of it, of it being like this family has the best vanilla recipe. And it doesn't matter if they can do a great chocolate chip or, you know, like mango or whatever, like it was the vanilla. So it really spoke to like the hardcore traditions and values of the family. Yeah. So like, I think that was another piece of the book that I really loved and enjoyed was that they kept it honest and it was like this very like because at parts of the book I was like they're just not gonna open like oh they're God, just yeah. not I was gonna like, make money how are they keeping the how are they keeping the lights on it's really they're expensive. just not gonna make money and so like <laughs> I really love that they were honest to the vanilla and in the same breath I really love that his sister was like what the fuck are we doing yeah she was like <laughs> you guys we're gonna be closing <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I love that aspect of it that he was, like, so, like, you know, like, no, we have to respect, we have to do this. But they had actual, like, conversations of, like, this isn't enough. Yeah, We gotta do more. Like, we're in New York. 
you can find food in your every block. Yeah. You're not going to survive like that. So I don't know. There was different elements of the book that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't necessarily like a art, more mostly like people and like aspects of it. Yeah. Another fun fact. Um, one of my really good friends uh, used to live in New York and she li- also lived on the Lower East Side above a ramen shop right above like on the second floor. The way I would go ham. And I was like, this is just too familiar. Um. <clears throat> so okay, as a one day in December, girl, girl, or stands. Do you think this was better, equally as good, or not? Or one day in December still stands for you? Rank them. Rank them. I do think they're different, just because. <clears throat> Name them. Name them. Name them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do think they're pretty different because one day in December is longer. Uh, if memory serves me, I think it's like 800 pages. I think. Um, like I thought this was a super quick read. Um, and it's a little bit cozier than one day in December, but I I think one day in December probably is ranked higher because again, I don't like a miscommunication trope, but I still really like that book. And that was riddled with miscommunications yeah i agree okay so the time has come wait also another reference oh that they made was the same almost fire which is like i i is one of my favorite movies i watch that movie at least three times a year oh my god melissa I fucking love that movie. I feel like I have never talked to anybody that likes that movie as much as me. I love that movie. I love that it's based in DC. And I think it's really slept on. No, and the soundtrack is so good. Can that be the soundtrack of my life? Yes. I just think like it still stands the test of time because like you look at these like essentially young adults and the struggles they're all going through post-college. We have been we have we're one of those characters. You don't know which, like, depends on who, but there's a flavor for each person. That movie's just so good. It's just, it's, so it's good. just so good. The the cinematography, the soundtrack, watch the it outfits. Oh my god! Like, oh, it's a must watch. No, no, that era of especially post college. So good. Oh, and so good. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Hot. The way I no, I get it. I was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Emilio, no, everyone in that, all the guys and the whip. Everybody looks great. 10 out of 10. The looks are immaculate. It's so good. Oh my God, Melissa, I can't believe I didn't know this because I I watch it. I'm literally going to watch it tonight, probably. No, no, the scene of I read about it in the book. They get in the Jeep. The the fall leaves are falling. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Oh, and they're driving across the, that's the P Street Bridge. I know. Oh. I know that they didn't film it all in DC because Georgetown no, said no, no but yeah. they did film some of it there. Okay. No, it's it's such a great movie. It is really good. Um, so you should watch that if you haven't, and you should watch Moonstruck just to again remind you, um, if you're still living under a rock. No, but this is like this is what I'm saying. Josie Silver, she's got is taste. playing homage 
to those to those screenplays and those stories because her books are very much like she does me- have one other one that's like the same kind of like name scheme once it's called a day one day on this island yeah i don't know if we would do it on the pod but i'm like it's in my mind it's in my mind so she has a thing and also like i i think like if you have read one day in december the way she writes the characters and how like they have their own personality reminds me a lot of saint elmo fire like um yeah because it's like these so she definitely is paying homage to these like you know screenplay writers yeah and like these stories and that she's kind of setting the preface of like what type of writer she is and like so far two for two yeah i'm ready to see um one of her books or maybe something new um as like a mini series or i'm telling you one day in december i feel Like, like some of these movies are making from books like i'm like why are you picking that book girl they don't always pick. All right. Well, I would pick. We got to give at the end of each pod, we give, we rank, we give this a type of score and it's, it ranges from one to five for um, one winter in New York. It's going to be a scoops of vanilla gelato. Maggie, how many scoops of vanilla gelato are you giving? I think I'll we'll give three closing. scoops. And three I'll solid scoops. one of those solid scoops with relish. I'm dead. (laughs) I really want some vanilla ice cream now. No, it sounds delicious. Um, I'm gonna give it. A moment of silence. A 2.7. It's gonna be really hard for them to measure out 0.7 at the gelato stand. No, no, no. (laughs) They do it at Chipotle, they can do it at the gelato stand. You say these motherfuckers are 0.75. I'm gonna need you to weigh it. We're at Menchie's or Yogurtland. Put a bowl oh. and weigh it for me. <laughs> I love that. I want to go to one of those yogurt places. I don't know. Wow, they're so good. I and I'm like looking out the window. I'm like it's 36 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we loved we, one winter in New York. Yeah, I w- I would say. If you're looking for like a quick, cozy read and you have read um, and you like contemporary romance. Um, oh, I also like that these were they were older. Um, so if you're oh, not if you don't want them to be like teen or like super young adult, I definitely recommend this. Um, it's a quick read. So it's a great way to start the year. It's a good yeah. like palette cleanser. For if yes. you just wrapped up 2023 reads, this is a great book to start your year. Yeah. Um. Because sometimes I have, I think I told you what happened last year. I started with Akatar and it was and you hard. It's all downhill from here. It was downhill after that, to be honest. No, we read some really good books too at the end. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like I started, I, I finished Akatar in one week. Yeah. In the first week of January. I was setting myself up for failure. Yeah. You were <laughs> like, like, what was I thinking? As I said, you know what we're going to work on this year in BTP? The book is not going to run away from us. We don't have to. We don't have to binge read it. We don't, we don't have, have to. to binge read it. I say that, but we'll see. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that is what we've got for you today. Um. Next up, we're going to be reading Powerless by Lauren Roberts. We are super excited, and we feel like she's cheering us on from the sidelines. Oh, she's, she's a, a fan. 
She's she a fan, guys. She, she's a stan. She's a, she's a sister. So, so. She's an ally. Yeah, she's a sister. She's an ally. She's a fan. She's our friend. What does um, Oprah say about Gail? She's a sister. She's <laughs> a friend. She's a mother. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to read that one. And it seems like it's like every time I've seen someone review it or it, it seems it's consistent and it's review. Yeah, so. I've heard really good things about it. We're really excited to read it. Um, and then we're also probably going to post our February reads, I would think probably in the next week or so. So be yeah. on the lookout. Um, and I hope everyone has a great week. And lastly, check out our Between the Pages podcast um, website. We're definitely going to be doing more fun stuff there. And we're, um, we've already launched our newsletter, but there you'll have, we're, we'll work, we're going to work on sending out like pamphlets of the next reads as well so yeah. please sign up we have fun exciting things we want to launch this year we will not spam your inbox because that is not who we are oh and God, i reject no. to be that person so if we email you something it will be something of value and worth yeah <laughs> anyway. all right everyone that's it for us today Bye-bye. bye bye